From Bureaucracy's basement to your ears, this is once more the weekly meeting of the Queen City Improvement Bureau. Each week, the dedicated staff of the Bureau meet to make recommendations, file reports, and survive on water that drips from the boiler pipes in the back room into our open mouths as we sleep on a bed of top matrix printer paper. One day, maybe we'll escape from the subterranean hell that is this basement, but until that day comes, the city is not going to improve itself, so here we stay until perfection is achieved. So, this meeting is now in session. Hello. Hello. And, hello. And once again, happy social, social distancing to you. Oh, happy social distancing. So happy. Just, uh, I, I got in my, I'm, I'm currently in my, my happy social distancing chariot. Mm-hmm. And I'm uh, taking a little, uh, taking a little lap around the uh, the sub basement. Around the sub basement, yeah. Uh, I, I find it a little weird though because you're in the chariot as well, and uh, like we're sitting next to each other, and you can't, we cannot social distance when this is happening. Well, uh, it's not actually a chariot; it's two office chairs lashed together. You know, they our our audience, our, our civic audience, they they don't know that. They, they think we have a chariot. Well, they thought we had a chariot. Now they know the, the sad truth of the matter. I just don't want them to think that we're excessively funded down here. Right. Yeah, we don't want to be wasting taxpayer, you know, taxpayers' right. money on chariots and uh, soda fountains and uh, pitch-perfect replicas of, like, diners from popular noir films in the 50s. Right. We don't want them to think we have all of those things. No, no way. Um, so would you uh, care for a uh, vanilla soda, by the way? I would love one, please. Coming, coming right up. Oh, man, I think... Okay, this is real. Okay, the taxpayers know they're, they're, they're on to us. Mm-hmm. Anywho, shall we take attendance? We should take attendance, yeah. Uh, att- attendance, att- gather around, everybody. Okay, it's just us. Okay, gather around us, attendance time. Okay. Um, first uh, attendee uh, for the meeting, Dossine Help. Nope. I don't think there's anybody there by that name. Uh, oh, uh, I know why nobody's responding. It's not a person or even an organization. It's a, it's a substance. Um, Dossine Help is a pharmaceutical supplement that purported to do, well, exactly what the name said. It, it helped people with their Dossines. Oh. Yeah, Dossine, not all it could be. Get some Dossine help. Do we know what a Dossine is? Nobody has been able to determine exactly what a Dossine is. Huh. Okay. And uh, we would ask, we could ask the inventor and, uh, and people in the company, but they're all dead from, uh, apparently from, um, I guess their Dossines failed. They didn't Ooh. get enough help. I guess their Dossine help didn't really help. No, I guess maybe either they, they didn't take enough of it or it was diluted, uh, kind of like the, uh, you know, the diluted penicillin from the third man, something like that, some sort of scam. Right. So You have me anyway. concerned now, because I haven't paid any attention to my Dossians at all, I think, uh, I ever. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm aging. I'm getting up there. Mm-hmm. And, and as uh, we all know, Dossians tend to fail as you get older. That's true. Well, I guess we're going to have to, like, find some other Dossian help if we don't have anybody here at the meeting to discuss our Dossians with us. Tell you what, I th- you know, I think um, I think of what I've done here is I've actually mixed up some letters in the name. Uh, let me let me uh, let me scramble this, and we'll be 
Uh, oh, maybe he, this guy can help with our dossiers. Paul Deshen. Oh, that's me. Oh, okay. Uh, Paul. Yeah? I need help with my dossiers immediately. Sorry, I can't help you. Okay, I don't, yeah, I don't even know. What I, have, I have just enough dossiers for myself. Okay, well, I mean, you just you, you take care of your own dossiers. I'll take mm-hmm. care of mine. I guess that's the kind of like tooth and claw hellscape we live in. This Hobbesian nightmare that is the sub-based. After 40, your dossiers don't, you know, replenish themselves, so. Right. You need to sort of poke, you need to like poke yourself in the side to like get your dossiers going in the morning. Mm-hmm. Okay, what so, you can uh, do is you can take a young person, you know, somebody 20, 25 years old, just like one of those uh, maple syrup spigots. You can just like tap one of those. Right <laughs> and in harvest, harvest, harvest their dossiers. Let's, let's, get, let's get, interview somebody, like somebody young with like fresh dossiers. Yeah. And we can drain them of their dossiers and um, probably just like stow their bodies, which I imagine all, that's all that will be left. Like maybe somewhere like in the vents. I don't know. Let's see. Let's uh, let's see who else is our attendee. Ooh, Dandai Grando. Dandai Grando, no. Dandai Grando. Nope. Again, not not a person or an organization. It's a product. Um, remember the jingle? Without Dandai Grando, where would you be? Far from free. No, I don't remember this. Ah, is this, well, is Dandai. This one of those American TV stations. I, th- I think so. It's uh, apparently it's like a household grease uh, let you slip free from any situation, no matter how sticky. That that was the promise. Yeah, apparently the inventor Dan DeGrand was obsessed with the notion that uh, people uh, people's homes would be um, invaded and the family tied up and uh, chained or otherwise restrained. So he invented this grease that would help them slip free. Did you have to apply it every day, just on the off chance? You got uh, apparently yes. Well, that that was. I mean, that's what it said on the side. Right. Um, that was the recommended dosage. It's like you know, one good slathering per day keeps keeps uh, home invaders away. Oh, okay. Yeah, but maybe that's an alternative to like firearms. I suppose. I suppose. Well, I guess it would. It would, would it protect invasions. you from being in the grip of COVID? Right. You can maybe maybe we can adapt it. Um, to like slip free of like if we cover ourselves in grease enough, like the droplets and whatnot would just land on our faces and our noses harmlessly, and then we would be caught by the grease. I've never mentioned this to you before. I'm covered in grease right now. Really? I oh mean, yeah. You know, I was. I was just thought you were shiny. Well, I am because I'm covered in grease. I, you make a good point. I just yeah. like I, I like the greasy feeling. I, I understand that. Well, you know, it's funny because I'm always, I'm always like covering myself in talcum powder to keep uh, as dry as possible, right. which is why I look so powdery all the time. Right. And why most of the, uh, the office is covered in talcum powder. You, I, I don't know if you noticed, but it's been that way for a while. Yeah. It's me. I'm so- and that explains why at the lunchroom they always call us like shiny and the dry guy. Uh, shiny and the dry guy, they say. It's funny because I always was like, who are they talking about? But I guess it was us. It must be us, yeah. Oh, I feel so embarrassed because I'd be like, yeah, yeah, those guys again. Well, you know, just to fit in. Uh, uh, you know, you know something? Um, just, and you're going to say, I told you so, even though you didn't tell me so. But uh, I, I've actually mixed up the letters uh, for, for the second attendee. And should be Dan, Dan Grando, not Grando. 
Aiden Morgan. That's actually you. Oh, that's actually me. What I'm still the, covered in talcum powder, though. What are the odds that you would mix up the letters in our names twice? Um, both our names. One in 280,000. Yeah. No. Was your lucky I feel, number? I, I guess so. I feel like I beat the odds this one time. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so that's uh, so we're both here. Um, do we have quorum? We do not. Okay. Well, well. Nonetheless, we will. We will persevere. So we've got a big long agenda ahead of us for today's meeting. But before we can get to the, uh, the policy stuff, you know that there is an election going on, hey? Uh, and there's many elections. There's an election in my mind right now. Oh, what are you voting for? Uh, I'm I'm on the side of um, my mind. Hmm. What do the polls say? Polls are not looking good. Uh, I'm, I'm not polling very well with uh, my body. Oh no! Yeah. So yeah. especially especially the left half of my body. Yeah. Just, yeah. It's sort of it's kind of shaky and weak for some reason, and it's obviously not happy with me. So I'm uh, but I'm I'm campaigning pretty hard. So yeah. team team mind mind 2020. Good luck with that. Thank you, thank you. I'd hate to lose yeah. my mind. <laughs> Um, well there's actually a city election going on right now oh okay well yeah that uh okay well we can we can we can work with that too yeah well they're they're trying to decide a new mayor and they're trying to decide who our 10 new counselors will be that Mm -hmm. election is november 9th and you know what a municipal election always brings out um the crazies what else yeah (laughs) <laughs> the banana pants nut bar craziness Whoa! oh now i'm all hungry thanks so much yeah no worries the very first banana pants uh bit of hijinks that our <laughs> our municipal election has gifted us with is uh have you heard of mitchell c house have i heard of it have i heard of mitchell c is is he is he the beneficiary of my will did he s- save my life in like once from like a cistern. No, no, uh, none of those things are true. Who is Mitchell Seahouse, Paul? Uh, Mitchell Seahouse is running for city council. He was actually one of the very first people to declare. Um, he's been posting uh, videos to YouTube and to Facebook uh, since, mm-hmm. oh gosh, it's been weeks now. Uh, for a time there, there was him, Tony Fiacco, and everybody assumed that Mayor Fougere would be running again. And that was pretty much the field. He's been posting videos of himself uh, talking about various city issues. And uh, he is a big uh, fan of the parking lot on Capitol Point. He's a big fan of lower taxes. He wants to reduce taxes. He doesn't want, um, doesn't want us like raising them taxes. No. Taxes are bad. Right, of course. But... Uh, he he did something i don't know how to describe this apart from odd um <laughs> so mitchell c house made a campaign video for himself but there was another candidate sandra masters mm-hmm. uh, there we currently have nine i believe uh, people who've declared they're running for mayor she's the only woman uh she's a former uh board chair for real and uh <laughs> She had a, a, a launch video for her campaign up on YouTube. And Mitchell House, for some reason, decided to take a clip from Sandra, Sandra Masters' campaign video, 
put it into his own campaign video, put his own logo in the screen with Sandra Masters as Sandra Masters speaks, hmm. and then um, uh, talked afterwards. And to anybody watching, this is taking somebody else, another candidate for mayor, uh, their campaign video, and putting them in your campaign video as though they are somehow endorsing you uh, or endorsing your ideas uh, seems a little uh, offside. But, you know, and it, it also seems like, you know, it's probably a copyright violation of some kind. But, you know, it isn't a copyright violation. What's that? If we play the video right now, because that would be fair to you, because we're commenting on it for news purposes. So I thought I would play the uh, Mitchell C. House's video, A Strong Voice Regina. It runs about 40 seconds. So I'm going to play that right now. Let's hear it. Regina has so much potential, but it needs a strong voice to realize that potential. For too long, we've accepted the status quo is good enough, and I think Regina deserves more. That's why I decided I'm going to run for mayor. Hi, I'm Mitchell. Vote Mitchell for mayor. Thank you. That's Mitchell's. Mitchell's campaign oh. video. So the first wow. was Andrew Masters, mayoral candidate, in the second voice, Mitchell has his uh, campaign video. Uh, I'm kind of trying to process that. It's funny. Uh, I've never actually seen Mitchell House before, uh, not, or at least not knowingly. And uh, from all I've known of Mitchell House, a, a sane-looking person wasn't what I expected, Frank. Um, <laughs> but that was beyond bizarre. Uh, I, I, just, I don't quite know what to make of it. Although I will say this, repurposing Sandra Masters campaign video and then just saying, I agree, is breathtakingly efficient. You think? And that kind of efficiency is something that I would like to see in the city. For example, we could like just all like take large, the nice parts of say Saskatoon and just bring them here and call it Regina. That's, if you're Mitchell House, that seems to be the thing. Just get nicer bits of other places and say, this is Regina. Just go to Vancouver, like, you know, down down by the water and say, I agree, this is Regina now. Sounds, I, I think that's what Mitchell could bring to uh, to the city. More of like a freebooting approach to the mayor's office. Right. Or like if, if he had to go, like, give a speech somewhere, like he could just wait for Sandra Masters to talk for a bit and then just run up and say, I agree. And he would have to do like less work. That's I, true. you know, this, this strikes me as uh, as the way to go. It's the, it's the future, the way of the future. I wonder if that's been his approach to his entire career before this. Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm starting to think this might be his approach to his whole life. Yeah. Wait until a woman says something smart, agree with her and take credit for it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I bet. I bet. Like back when you know, when he was like an infant, like a newborn, like his mother probably gave birth to somebody else or something, and he just popped up and said, "I agree," and it's, I'm Mitchell House, and that's. I don't know how that. I'm not sure how what I just said works, but I, I bet it's what he did. 
I wouldn't be surprised. I, I emailed Mitchell House about this because I was just mm. I was just dang curious. Yeah. And I asked him, you know, I noticed that you lifted a clip from a Sandra Masters video and put it in your own. Do you have any comment? So he responded to me. Well, he didn't. Barbara Reed is a campaign advisor responded to he he has a campaign advisor well there's a name in an email notionally from campaign advisor i, I don't know if it's a real person or not. but right. let's just say it is okay um here's here's what barbara had to say to me i spoke to mitchell and we want to get clarification on what you meant by the term lifted in your statement on october 3rd 2020 once we received the clarification he said he would be happy to comment in person on the questions you posed. If, firstly, you ask others regarding his campaign and to include those in any article written about him, his comments, or his campaign. So that was his response. That came to me this morning. I responded immediately uh, clarifying that I meant uh, lifted as in stolen and uh, that I wouldn't meet him in person. I would meet by phone because. You know, I, I didn't think he'd want to come down to the sub-basement. Who does? What? Exactly. Uh, but yeah, I have not heard back from him. I also contacted Sandra Masters after receiving this email because I thought maybe I misunderstood. Maybe, maybe he didn't steal it. Maybe he approached the Sandra Masters campaign and said, oh, do you mind if I use a clip from your campaign video? And they were like, oh, of course, please, sir. That's, and then that, that's, that's how this sort of, thing, sort of thing works, obviously. They said it, too. Exactly. And then... What I was implying by the use of word lifted would be, you know, beyond the pale and I'd have to apologize. So I made sure to contact Sandra Masters' campaign and, and I got a phone call from Sandra Masters. Wow. Yeah. She, uh, she finds the whole situation absolutely hilarious. She heard about it on social media. Um, of course, she never gave Mitchell House permission to use any bit of her, uh, her campaign video in his own campaign video. Um, but yeah, she that finds would, it, she finds that would it be a counterintuitive move. Yeah. 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 Um, although, you know, if you want to get your words out there to the widest audience, uh, giving them, to, giving them to your competition to crib from, I don't know. It'd be novel. <laughs> it would be, it would be, be a bold new move. Yeah. Um, I, I, I can't help but think that uh, Barbara, like Barbara Reed's response uh, all you would have to do is just uh, get her words and then get that, lift that little bit from Mitchell's campaign video of him saying, I agree. And and there you go. You'd ha yeah. you have your wrists. I think, yeah, that's true. Um, so Sandra Masters finds this whole thing more funny than bothersome. Uh, but she did point out there's, if there's one element to this that kind of annoys her, it's that uh, she actually hired a local video company to make that campaign video. So really, uh, Mitchell House is stealing from them. Right. And uh, they ki that he kind of owes them money for <laughs> using their work. Uh, and Mitchell House all over his Facebook page is very much pro-local business, and yet he's not pro-local business enough to uh, support to them people. with, uh, yeah, to pay people for the work they do. Well, you know, there's... Let, let's let's be clear. There's there's pro business. I mean, there's pro local, but then there's pro pro, which you know means actually, you know, doing something like supporting with me or using yeah. their services honestly and not stealing from. Right. That, that that's that's the whole other level of pro. 
Yeah. And I think and I think by because Mitchell is very efficient, obviously, he doesn't want to expend unnecessary energy in actually compensating businesses for for their material. Right. He's using. He prefers to harbor his energy so when the time comes, he can uncoil himself and strike and sink his fangs deep into the sclerotic carcass of um, our failing local democracy. I, uh, I, I look forward to the first uh, mayoral forum. Between oh, me too. I, 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 look, for, I look forward to, to, um, to hearing our, our program. Yeah. This is what I'm looking forward to now. Yeah, I don't think there's a lot of danger of that. Um, although, you know, maybe if we're lucky, he'll steal some bits from our, uh, our radio show. Oh, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, man, I, I I would love to. I would love him to actually grab our audio and like just remix the heck. heck. Oh yes, just go go to town, Mitchell. Put it, put some beats behind us, Mitchell. Oh, so Sandra uh, Master says that they are not taking any kind of action against Mitchell House at this time. Okay, uh, she did respond to him on Twitter, but that's about it. Um, you know, there's one point I think that's worth pointing out here. There are nine mayoral candidates. Eight of them are, uh, well, middle-aged white dudes. Mm -hmm. And Sandra Masters, who's a woman, which does raise the question of why did Mitchell Howe single out the only woman in the field for mockery? He's been uh, regularly addressing his, uh, his campaign videos to Mayor Fougere, but it's more of like a mano a mano kind of, uh, Gotcha. Environment, right? Like he, he doesn't seem to have any actual idea of where Fougere stands on any, but uh, he's willing to cr- wow. criticize him man to man. But with Sandra yeah. Masters, he makes this video where he seems he's got this shit eating grin while he's mm-hmm. agreeing with her, and he's like, you know, aping the pose that she's in and treating the whole idea of doing a campaign video like that as though it's a ridiculous venture. Um, could could it be? Do you think that he's trying to own the libs? Ooh. Maybe, maybe maybe we're triggered. Triggered much? He will say to us. Speaking as a lib, I feel very owned. I feel yes. I feel pwned. Me too. Pwned. Owned. Completely pwned. Yeah. But it stri- strikes me that uh, Mitchell House's campaign will he, he will own only himself. Yeah. Uh, thanks to the uh, uh, Twitter coverage that. Um, some people have given him this video that he made is by far and away his most popular. It's got over 200 views. Uh, everything else is lucky to break 13. So, well, there's no such thing as bad publicity. It was probably what he was thinking. Yeah, although, I mean, we're talking about it. You know. Yeah. Although he should know that occupying the position of the notorious candidate in the election in Regina Mm -hmm. is a cursed place to be. It really is. I wonder wonder what he's going to do. Maybe, maybe he can rob a bank. Oh yeah. Yes. Or get, or get hit by a car. Not that I don't want him to get hit by a car, but maybe he'll do that. Maybe because apparently he was in the middle of traffic the other day with a sign. He he doesn't believe in masks. Maybe he doesn't believe in, uh, in like vehicular impacts either. I'm I'm not sure. I forgot about that. Yeah, one of his his very first campaign video was him was just a still picture of him at an anti-mask rally. There you go. Well, Anywho. Mitchell House, he wants to be your mayor. Um, 
On the upside, I did get to meet over the telephone Sandra Masters, lovely person. Uh, I, you know, I apologized for the very first time that uh, anybody from the Improvement Bureau spoke with her. It was over something so ridiculous uh, and promised that at some point in the future we would talk policy instead. That actually sounds like fun. It will be, I, I know we, we've, we've talked about maybe not having tons of mayoral candidates on, but uh, maybe we can, we, I mean, we, 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 we can do what we we can. We yeah, we are free. We're a yeah. bureau. We're a bureau. We're not, we're not we're not beholden to nobody. We're just no, we're sir. like an intro. Yeah. All right. Well, we are actually uh, running out of time for this uh, portion of the meeting. Whoa. Yeah. Jeez. Okay. Do we have an innovative show? Um we don't. We only have um these syringes of experimental glowing fluid. I oh. don't know what they do. So yeah, they might generate revenue. They might cause our like our flesh to melt off our bones. I, I haven't. I have not conducted the testing yet. Well, let's test them after the meeting's all over. Sounds good. Okay. I hope they generate revenue because that will be a, that will be a real plus. You know what? I have an idea for an innovative revenue tool. Hmm. Do tell. Uh, we should gather up. We should steal all of Mitchell C. House's campaign videos from the entire campaign season. Uh huh. And we should put them together into a um, a campaign YQR votes 2020 commemorative DVD and Ooh. commemorative album with stills from his videos. Uh huh. And we should sell it back to Mitchell C House and all of his friends and family so they can remember his mayoral campaign of 2020. Oh, that sounds fantastic. Yeah, and we could have like um, inspirational music playing in the background over a montage yeah. of like his like slow mo bits from videos and stuff. I, I think I think you have a winner. Yeah, there could be like him in his uh, his shirtless photo with his bike, and you can like z- we could get like a you know a swooping pan right into his nipples. <laughs> oh, my nipples need a swooping pan. Okay, that sounds like old timey medicine. Yeah. So it's not a long-term innovative revenue strategy, but I think, you know, it'll be a nice little like income bump at a time when the city. Yeah. I, I, I think you're right. Yeah. Some, some, some tools are good for the long haul, but some tools are effective, but they, they're, they're not meant to last. Right. Okay. Well, with that, let's go to our pre-recorded innovative revenue tools. Uh, okay. JPR right now. The Queen City Improvement Bureau would like to acknowledge the Regina Warehouse Business Improvement District for their support of our show. The Regina Warehouse Business Improvement District. Improving the district where there are warehouses in Regina. We're back from Innovative Revenue Tools. As always, excellent tools. I understand that you've been uh, embarking on a bit of a research project lately. Uh, yeah, well, I... Um... You know, remember that you know that printer in the back that we never use. Uh, I've 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 been tinkering with it, uh-huh. and uh, I've turned it into. Uh, I don't want to brag, but it's. I think I would call it a supercomputer. A printer into a supercomputer. Yeah, I, I put in um, I put in some uh, what do you call it? circuits. Oh yeah. Yeah, just uh, circuits in there, and uh, before you know it, it was it was computing things, uh, and I was like, well. It's got to roll with it, I guess. Right. If, if I'm if I'm that kind of like 
computer whiz that I didn't know I was. I guess that's who I am now. So well, I, uh, I so started. What have, what have you done? Did you, um, did you end up uh, starting nuclear war by hacking into uh, the Department of Defense computer? Yeah, but that's all. That's all taken care of now. That's, okay, good. Uh, yeah, I apologize. Yeah, and I, I'm community service, so you know. Okay. So I just, I just have to like, you know, pick up some trash for the next, um, apparently, 150 years, and then, uh, then I should be fine. Okay. Um, <laughs> jokes on them. I mean, I've only got like five years of you know, left to live. Anywho, <laughs> uh, given my diet and what the complete lack of sunlight. Anywho. Uh, so I, I, what I did was I took a, a data set of all of our past mayors and councillors from 1884 up until 2016, and I've built out what I'm pretty confident is the future of at least the next 100 years of, of the city of Regina. Okay. Um, got, uh, where did you get this? Uh, you, you have a data set going back to 1884. Yes. I got it from uh, well, the city as a website. Uh, apparently, um, while I was uh, while we were down here, I, I guess they've sort of taken uh, ARPANET and uh, turned it into like this worldwide web. Uh, and you can you can just get information from like pretty much any old dang place. Really? Yeah. No more. So, no more dialing up to build bulletin boards. Uh, apparently not. Where um, will I get my know, shareware games? I, you know, I don't know. My netbooks. <laughs> netbooks. Why? Why can't I access my my Usenet groups anymore? Where 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 are all my all my comments on like you know Alt Dawson's Creek group just gone? Uh, and anyway, I, I've I've accessed this network, found this info, extrapolated from trends into what I believe will be what I like to call Regina 2000 and beyond. Ooh, okay. Only it's like 2020 and beyond. You know, right. It sounds cooler to say 2000. Okay. You're doing the work of economic development Regina right now. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Well, they, they seem to have fallen asleep on the job. So, yeah. I mean, somebody's got to pick up the slack. Right. Uh, so, uh, a few, couple of trends that I've noticed pretty quickly is that uh, there, there's some entropy at work here. Um, like for the first 70 years, they had an election every year. Every single year, new new round of mayors, city councilors, from uh, fifty four to seventy, they began to be bi yearly, then tri yearly from seventy to twenty twelve, and then it's every four years from uh, two thousand twelve onward. Uh, so obviously, one of the things you can tell from this is that elections are going to get spaced farther and farther apart, um, but we might have like the same mayors again and again and again. Okay. But uh, I, I've ignored that part. I've 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 found different mayors. Uh, I've also gone through all the names of the mayors, and what I've done is take these names and then just sort of like combine them and swap out parts to project what I think will be the upcoming mayors of the city of Regina. So you've been able to predict the names yes. of our mayors, like with a, like a ninety-five percent certainty. Nope. Okay. Scratch that. Ninety-eight point three. All right. Certainty. Yeah. So how, did, uh, for, how did you get there? I, 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 I'm not sure I follow. What, 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 uh, what kind of names were you working with? 
Uh, names like Scott Mowat, Hamilton Smith, McCall, a couple different Williams, Willoughby, um, Grassic, Burton, Mason, Rick Ellison, McNall, uh, Gilbert Menzies, Grant, Hammond, Calburn, Baker Schneider, Archer, Fakir, Fougere, Laird, a couple of Macaras, uh, I believe there was a Dark and a Ready, you know, a, a Rink, my favorite, Rink. Uh, so I, I took these names and I applied a mathematical formulae. Okay. I had one mathematical formula, but I realized using more formulae would be better. So right. I have formulae. And uh, so I've, I sort of just began to like just look into the future and figure it all out. So uh, 2020, of course, we know it'll probably be Sandra uh, Masters. I, I, okay. I feel pretty good about her. Um, but in 2024, uh, for example, we'll get Hamburn. 2029, McBlack. Then there's Wilger. Arch Laird, Muldark Mook, uh, Baxies. Uh, in 2059, we're going to get Mook McGilton Frey. And uh, 2069, we're going to get um, Grasselton Yachogere. Uh, these, 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 I can tell you with certainty, are going to be the, our, our future mayors. Um, but I've made a series of what I think are dead accurate predictions about what's going to happen in the city. Uh, you using the surefire power of computation. Okay, I'm I'm all ears. I want to hear more. Uh, yeah, I, I predicted actually that you would be all ears. So uh, everything's going quite well. So four-year elections, which we now have, um, according to my calculations, will persist until 2024, but the subsequent election will be delayed by one year on account of the entire council coming down with COVID-27. Uh, so after that, the election cycle will just shift to a five-year period because we'll be used to it. Um, in 2049, elections are going to shift to a 10-year cycle because the COVID-35 vaccine will also extend people's lifespans well beyond the current average. So by the 2060s, your average human lifespan will uh, top out around you know, 150, 160 years. So automation and long lives lead to people realizing that nothing much really matters. Uh, so political governance will be reduced to just checking in on things like every couple of years. Right. So we'll just get together and say, how are things? It'll just be fine. Um, but then in 2069, uh, one of the councillors leaves their iPhone on their seat at a city council meeting. The phone actually takes over municipal government and ushers in the era known as the 100 Years of Peace. Um, city flourishes. Capital Point gets built, uh, which is just amazing. Um, but in uh, 2169, the phone's battery finally dies. And then darkness and chaos descend almost immediately because nobody knows how to run anything anymore. COVID-69 will annihilate the population uh, because people are too preoccupied with saying nice instead of developing a vaccine for COVID-69. Uh, the descendant of, of mayors past, uh, Fade Rafa Fiacco Belfort Archer, the, the 24th, uh, will descend to the catacombs beneath the city hall and throw the dead phone into the singularity that powers the city. And the singularity will grow and swallow everything, pulling Moose Jaw eastward and dumping it into the Capel Valley. Um, Moose Jaw rebuilds, becomes the new capital city. Regina is theorized to exist in a negative universe accessible only by Italian plumbers via like some hard to reach pipes. That's a whole other thing. Anyway, by uh, 2200, uh, the planet just heats to an uninhabitable temperature. Residents of Moose Jaw, led by uh, Chan Novak, the uh, 72nd, board a generation ship headed for the stars. 
Okay. Yeah, and that's uh, yeah. I mean, the, the the predictions start to get wobbly after like the 150 year window, right. but I can pretty much guarantee up to at least a 2069. That's great. Um, any chance of a new Regina being uh, set up on, uh, you know, a, an exoplanet around Tau Ceti or something? Yeah. Well, I mean, they're. I mean, that's the hope, right? Yeah. They they take they take everything that they know of, of Regina, everything left, which is just a few trinkets, odds and ends, right. and uh, and a video of Center Masters with Mitchell House saying I agree, and they and they send it to the stars, and uh, one day they they will rebuild Regina from from these scraps. You know what we've really got to get to work on then is we need to start um, uploading all of our improvement knowledge into. Yes into a supercomputer, uh, all of, you know, all of the ways that we've improved the city, all of our, all of our, um, all of our innovative revenue tools and, um, just, you know, and elements of our personality so that, uh, you know, when, when they reach that point where they've like, where they're traveling out to the stars, trying to establish a new Regina, they can, uh, you know, go into a room and they can consult with Aiden and Paul, uh, oh. the improvement clerks. Who right, can, like a, like an AI sort of right. advise them. Yeah. Yeah, and we could we could you know from with with our like you know vast knowledge of how to improve things, we could continue to ad- advise the, the Reginas into the future. Oh, I think that's I think that's a great idea. I think I think if they if if the new Regina like hundreds of years from now on exoplanet. Uh, were to were to like rise, I think uh, they could do a lot worse than to have us as the uh, AI uh, overlord advisors. Right. No. Well, and uh, we could we could our avatars could be uh, men in in like in robes that cover our faces, and when people ask us anything, we say silence. Which you know that seems that seems to be that the way. Yeah. Well, I like things quiet. Yeah, I know. That's uh yeah. So I mean, I'm glad you mentioned uploading everything to a supercomputer because mm-hmm. I, I kind of built one. I mean, it's out, out, just out of a printer. I mean, it's it's not tough. People huh. say this. People like to pretend it's tough. I mean, I mean, I, I'm I'm pretty brainy, but come on. Obviously, anyone can do this. Well, then I think we should get we should get started. That should be our project for the new council is to. Uh... Uh, our legacy for the city of Regina is to upload all of our improvement knowledge. Right. Although the one problem is that I've programmed it to play uh, tic-tac-toe uh, with me. And uh, if we upload uh, the all the combined knowledge of the city, uh, there won't be enough room for tic-tac-toe anymore. Oh, okay. Does it... And uh, That's really important to you? I, I, need, I need I need a... I need like a tic-tac-toe player that can match my intellect. Okay. And uh, and I and one day I'm I'm going to beat that thing in tic-tac-toe. I just know it. I just I just need to keep playing until I win. Right. A lot of stalemate games. Uh, some stalemate games, not as many as I would like. I'm 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 a little I'm a little embarrassed by how often the the uh, the supercomputer uh, just okay. I admit it's actually just uh, like an old Merlin. A uh, handheld game from from the early '80s. Oh, those were really yeah. tough to beat. Th- those were tough to beat. I mean, clearly they're tough to beat because I I keep on losing. So, 
it's 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 super it's got like some kind of fiendish intelligence to it oh yeah it's like a wizard of tic-tac-toe it's a wizard of tic-tac-toe also various like cool memory games on it's like nine little transistors love that thing Uh, me too hey i should mention that we're on 91.3 fm cjtr regina community radio and this is the queen's improvement bureau tuned into the community that we are we absolutely are so uh do we have time to move on to uh, some other agenda items? Yeah, I, uh, I, I have no more predictions for the future. Okay. Well, I'll keep working on them because, uh, you know, th- the future is, you know, it's mutable. And mm-hmm. uh, this, could be, this could be an important epoch-changing election. So. This is true. And like, like, uh, like Getty Lee says, the future is uncertain. Roll the bones. Roll the bones. That's my best Getty Lee. It's not very good. Surprised you knew that. Hey, Aiden, there was a council meeting. Oh, do tell. There was. There was a council meeting on September 30th. Ooh. I don't know about you, but I was, I've been waiting for this council meeting for a while. Uh, we predicted that this was going to happen. I'm just going to jump to the end and let you know that, as predicted by the Queen City Improvement Bureau, the Capital Point lot is going to be turned into a surface parking lot. Excellent. Just, just as I've always wanted. Yeah. We, as we discussed last time in our last meeting, uh, this request to turn the Capital Point lot into a parking lot uh, went to Planning Commission, and they tabled that motion until next year when we're expecting to get a policy back or a, a report about a potential policy on how to handle temporary parking lots in the downtown. But that recommendation to do that was uh, sent up to council. And representatives from Magnetic Capital, capital the people who, uh, I think as of now, no, sorry, I think it's actually soon. Soon they will actually own the lot. They've been through court order. Magnetic Capital, capital is going to be the next owners by court order. Uh, they were, they're, they're a mortgage company, so you know this is going to go great. They were the mortgage company that I guess handled a lot of the mortgages that were back stopping the Capital Point project. And so they ended up being one of Fortress and Westgate's biggest creditors on the Capital Point project. So they are getting, I guess, handed the site. But it requires them to pay off all of the back taxes and the cost of filling in the hole. Ah. Because all that's been like laid on top of the lot as a big property tax bill of $2.7 million. So the magnetic capital, uh, Chris Nicolau and Dave Brutage, the act, the active council, the acting council for magnetic. Uh, Chris Nicolau is the CEO of uh, magnetic, which is from uh, Mark Monterey. Uh, they argued that they needed a parking lot there. We talked about this last meeting because uh, they needed to. This is a very risky venture for them because of COVID, and they needed a parking lot to draw some revenue off of the site. There was uh, raised at the planning commission meeting, a person from the uh, parking lot industry came out to say, our revenues are down 80%. I don't know how these guys expect to earn any money off a new surface parking lot. Nobody's parking downtown. Everybody's working from home. So one of the things that came up was councillors Hawkins and Stevens were very, very, very uh, aggressively opposed to this idea. I wanted to play one. I've got like a few little clips of Hawkins interrogating the magnetic capital people. I'll just play one of them though, that I thought was pretty, um, pretty telling. 
This is uh, Hawkins asking them about, because in their submission to council, they say, you know, if we don't get this parking lot here, the developer, the secret developer who's going to build a secret project that we can't tell anybody about. <clears throat> oh, that's still on, hey, the secret project. The secret project, yeah. Uh, we'll walk away and we may not get our project. So uh, Hawkins decided to like press them on that point. I will play what Hawkins had to say right now. So you're just unclear on this. Uh, you're telling us that this project depends on this parking lot. Is that, this being a parking lot, is that correct? No, that's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is there's going to be a period of time going from the time we, we begin the development process, typically that time to get to the pre, let's call it the pre-development process where you're getting to shovels in the ground. That usually is much easier to predict how long it's going to take. And right now, we're in a climate of uh, much more uncertainty. And so it's become more important to have the ability to generate some revenue on the site in the interim. That's what I'm trying to say. It, it really, the parking has nothing to do with the, uh, with the actual development. Uh, he goes on to say that uh, it is a requirement of the developer that we get a parking lot, and the developer may walk the developer may walk away. He says, no, we're not saying that if we don't get the parking lot, we, you don't get the building on the site. But at the same time, he's also saying that if we don't get the parking lot, the developer will walk away and you won't get anything built on the site. And uh, there was a lot of this sort of double talk coming out of uh, Magnetic. They were, you know, I don't want to characterize it as that. Or, um, no, it's not like that. But really, yes, it is. Uh, actually, you know, quickly, just here's one more of Hawkins asking them about uh, Magnetic has said they need the parking lot revenue to uh, offset some of the risk that they're incurring on this site. And uh, here's, how, here's how Hawkins questioned them about that. So if I understand you correctly, you have several options here. You've laid them out. Uh, financing an option, uh, additional capital option. But you're really asking the city to approve a parking lot to underwrite the risk of the current uncertain climate, underwrite the risk of your project. Is that correct? I'm not sure if I would characterize it that way. I mean, I can understand how what what you're saying, but uh, I think what we're what we're suggesting would be better explained as you know, we're looking at this and we're saying, what's the worst case scenario here? Is that you know we go down this path and try to create a development there and and fail like similar projects have in the past. And we're trying to be, you know, ultra uh, cautious about that. And, and we, we believe that a temporary parking permit really mitigates a lot of those risks uh, and helps, helps us inevitably get to where we, where we want to go. And we think it's in the best interest of, of not only Magnetic, but also the city and the constituents of Regina to have a successful project there. That's, that's what we're after. Um, and that's, you know, we're, we're, we're $2 million dollars invested into this site and uh you know we certainly don't want to put good money after bad and and i'm sure that uh there's some people in regina that are a little bit tired of of this site not becoming what it should you know this this should be a uh, a landmark site in the city in our opinion so that's what we're after so yeah so it should be a landmark site yeah but, but it but it should also be a parking lot yeah 
And <laughs> asks, are you using this to underwrite your risk? And they're like, well, I wouldn't characterize it as that, but it's a risky venture and we need something to, uh, we need some revenue to underwrite that risk. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I, I mean, I, I get it. And I would, I, and if, and if I were, if I were like a, a combined Voltron of city council uh, and, and planning committees and Magnetic Capital said, we would like a parking lot for a couple of years. And then here guaranteed is a development deal. Once we have offset some of like, you know, that money that has come in, then I would say, well, yes. But if it's this weird secret thing and they can't tell us anything in the future, then it strikes me that they're maybe just trying to recoup a little bit of their money before they, uh, you know, as they say in the business, piss off elsewhere. Councillor Stevens pointed out something similar to that. He pointed out that uh, the there's a development on uh, Lorne that's projected and it's currently a temporary parking lot. Mm-hmm. And I cannot remember for the life of me the name of the developer who's there. Uh, who's building that, but they actually came to council with plans, with designs. That was It's a very advanced uh, project. Uh, they just need to secure all of the financing. And so they asked for a three-year parking lot with a one-year extension. And because council was given a full project, they were happy. Yep. And it's also, it's affordable housing that's going on Lawrence Street. So that's something else council had difficulty saying no to. This project, we've been asked for a parking lot in violation of the downtown plan have been told if you don't give us a parking lot the project is going to fall apart and nobody will ever build anything on on albert and victoria ever again yeah and because i'm sure the citizens of regina are tired of it of that not being all that it could be yeah for example a parking lot yeah and but we're not allowed to see this project we're not allowed to know who the secret investor is because it's too secret and um it's too awesome for our eyes, Aiden. Wow. Unless I do. We, I do we prostrate uh, ourselves and give them a surface parking lot for one year. I, I do. I do hope it's an oligarch who will like build a giant empty building and, and funnel money into it. Uh, that's, that's my fondest wish. Yeah. Yeah. Oligarch money. Yeah. From Markham. A Markagark. <laughs> a Markham oligarchs. I believe that's their hockey team. Yeah, I can't believe that once again we're being we're being hosed by big money guys from Ontario. But I guess that's yeah. I mean, in previous times, I mean, I feel like we're we've looked at it from from the vantage point of like a few years and been like, oh man, we got fleeced. But now we're just like, oh look, look at that happening right there, uh, and it just <laughs> we just get to watch it ha- unfold in real time. Yeah. It's, it's great, except it sucks. The councillors who voted in favor of giving them this, their one-year parking lot, and let's be clear, it's not going to be a one-year parking lot. They even effectively admitted it in their presentation to council that they're fully prepared to ask for an extension if they, for whatever reason, if market conditions don't work out right, if they continue right. basically the way they have been continuing for 2020 um, for the next year, that they're going to have to ask for an extension. And we already, we've already seen that, the, the Lauren Street surface parking lot, which again, violation of the OCP, but we let them have it. It's been there for closing in on five years now. The mm-hmm. vacant lot on 1755 Hamilton, it's been longer than that. It's yeah. been six or seven years. So Maybe they're going to build a luxury hotel for oil patch workers. Ooh. 
Because that uh, that's that sounds surefire for all yeah. Because yeah, oil that's a there's a an industry that's about to explode. Councillor Hawkins pointed out that uh, he asked administration, "What do we do if nobody pays this property tax bill?" And uh, administration pointed out that if this two point seven million dollars doesn't get paid, we put a lien on the property. And if that lien doesn't get paid, we enter into a process where we try to get that money paid. If that doesn't work out, it goes to a provincial board. And if the provincial board can't get whoever owns the lot at that point to pay the $2.7 million, we get the lot. The city gets the lot. Ooh. Administration estimated that could take 16 months to two years for that process to take place. So if we had not given them the property, if we had not given them the parking lot, and they had walked away from it, worst case scenario, the city owns a prime piece of real estate downtown that they can then use towards a larger development plan. You know, they can, it can be a Regina Revitalization Initiative Part 4, but uh, city council wants that $2.7 million. 2.6 apparently was the price, okay. uh, was the initial cost estimate of... Um, filling in the holes. So whatever the remainder was is the actual tax and arrears on the site. But uh, yeah, we could have had the lot is what I'm saying. It <laughs> would have been our worst case scenario if we hadn't done this. Uh, what we're getting now is we've decided to see what's behind the mystery door and <laughs> hope that it isn't going to screw us like the last mystery group of investors did. Well, and we're probably going to have a parking lot there for the two years that it would have taken us to get the property through uh, a tax recovery process. Best of luck to us. So anyways, that's what happened. Well, that wasn't the only thing that happened at that council meeting, although that council meeting went the entire length of time. There's a special council meeting that's been uh, scheduled for, well, I guess it's, uh, it happened the day before yesterday when this airs, uh, October 6th. So that will have happened. And that was the, uh, all the leftover items that weren't covered. But with that, I think we have actually run out of time on this meeting of the Queen City Improvement Bureau. Whoa. I am stunned that uh, time, time even has a meaning, but uh, I guess we should move to adjourn. I second that motion. Okay, in that case, motion passed. You have been listening to the Queen City Improvement Bureau at 91.3 FM CJTR, Regina Community Radio, tuned into the community. Your hosts are Paul Deschenes and Aiden Morgan. That's us. Music, by, as always, by Guidewire, a.k.a. Ryan Hill. We are broadcast live 7 to 8 on uh, Thursday evenings and rebroadcast Monday afternoons from 3 to 4 p.m. Uh, what else? Uh, coming up next, I believe, at the Nerdcore Cabaret, followed by the cockpit. Then there's music all on through the night. Find us on Twitter at Queen City IB uh, or on our website, queencityib.com. And don't forget, of course, cgtr.ca. Got a new website. Looks great. That's all. Keep on improving with us.